you guys are just so amazing uh, in who you were created to be. And it's, it's, that's a big part of what I wanted to talk about today was uh, your identity in Christ. And um, there are some things that block us from discovering those things sometimes. And uh, it's a big part of what we want to do in our ministry, Army of Love, is expose those things and bring them to the light and uh, take away the power of the enemy. So today, um, Mike could kind of share a little bit about me. I think you took away about 20 minutes of my time that I was going to try to use there. And so now I got to figure out what I want to talk about. It scared me. You guys told he's told me I had 90 minutes to talk when I came out here. And I was like, wait a minute, I only prepared for an hour. Even that's terrifying. So, Heavenly Father, I just want to start by praying, Lord, and uh, I just thank you for this opportunity to be here today, Lord, with your people, God, just all together, Lord. I pray for unity among every single one of us together, Lord, for your body of Christ to come together, Lord, in these times, Lord. I just pray that, we, that you continue to use us as messengers of hope, Lord, to such a dark uh, time right now that we're, that we're, that's all around us, Lord, and so many people struggling. Lord, I just pray that you equip us to be effective in, in the work of our ministries, Lord. I just pray for a special anointing over every single one of our, our uh, steps, Lord, that we take uh, going forward, uh, wh whether it is in ministry or whatever direction it is in life, Lord. Uh, our ministry, we know, Lord, that, uh, that our ministry never stops. And I just pray that you continue to um, use us for, the gl for your glory, Lord. And I just pray for protection over each one in this tent, Lord. I pray for protection over our families, Lord, our homes, our children, our, our grandparents, our parents. Lord, I just pray for a special anointing over each person under this tent right now in Jesus' name. I pray that you send them out to, uh, to do the work, Lord, that, that you call us to in Isaiah 61, Lord. I pray that over each person here that the identity is revealed to them, Lord, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Here it is. So how many times have we missed an opportunity of being called upon for the work of the Lord? Those times where we feel like someone we pass by is being destroyed by hopelessness. Those times where we feel like someone we pass by is feeling rejected by everyone. Those times when we pass by someone that feels like, and probably has, lost everything. I'm talking about strangers, homeless, uh, and even, even the ones that are the closest to us. Not just strangers, not just homeless people. I think some of us have been, have been there. But especially the ones closest to us, the ones right here in the program with you the ones in uh, the ministry institute with you, your coworkers, your family members. It doesn't matter where you are, it happens. There's people right next to us, and it's been so long that uh, it's been, it's, it hasn't really been addressed in the church in the past. 
And, and I don't think, I'm not trying to blame the church. I just think that it's a matter of not being equipped and knowing how. And so I think in this time and season, we're, we're coming to uh, a, a really special season uh, in, in this time, in this age, to be used by the Lord for some great things. Jesus said we're going to do greater things in him, and we have to believe that that is true. Amen? How many times have we missed opportunities to help those whom we see a spirit of depression over? Depression is huge today. Or another huge one, anxiety. I guarantee you there's a bunch of people right under this tent right now that struggle with anxiety and depression. Anxiety drives people into isolation and is usually followed closely by depression and many other things, resentment, anger, So in Matthew 5, 13 to 16, it says, You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt has lost its taste, purpose, how can it be made salty? It is no longer good for anything but to be thrown out and walked on by people when the walkways are met and slippery, wet and slippery. I'm reading from the Amplified Version, just so you know. You are the light of Christ to the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor does anyone light a lamp and put it under a basket. But on a lampstand and gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good deeds and moral excellence and recognize and honor and glorify your Father whom is in heaven. Those times where we miss an opportunity because we are just too busy, or maybe we don't feel adequate to help, I can't tell you how many times uh, since I started leading a, a home church Bible study group that I felt unequipped, I felt inadequate, and my wife is pushing me, hey, you need to minister to this person, and I just, I'm like, I don't know how, and it's, and it's, and it's okay, it's common, That's, I guarantee you most of us are going to feel that way, especially jumping into that, into that position, if you do. And so I want to tell you, you're not going to do it without the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is going to, you have to learn how to rely on the Holy Spirit. When my wife told me uh, when we were traveling one, one time with our, our, the company that, that we have, and a bunch of the associates were wanting to have a church on Sunday morning, she, she said, hey, you're going to leave the church service. And so I'm like, I don't know what to do. I've never done this. But I went and I did it anyway. I tried to prepare and the thoughts were just getting tangled and I couldn't think straight. I was, I was uh, anxious. <laughs> I was uh, nervous. And so I just went up there and I shared from my heart. And that's one of the most powerful things that you can do is share from your heart and allow the Holy Spirit to speak what's on your heart. And sometimes that's all you have to do. The, the Lord, he knows what we're capable of, of in, in the place that we're in, the time that we're in. And he will use you. There's been so many times where I'm like, man, I, I don't think that I did that well. And then I walk away and then somewhat one person comes up. And if one person comes up to me and says, thank you, I'm going through this, then it was worth it. 
So a lot of the things, you know, that isolation uh, triggers, you know, the depression, the resentment, anger, those are things that I call strongholds. And so our ministry, Army of Love, want to expose, we want to expose those strongholds and take them out. When you, when you come to the Lord, it's like turning on a light switch in a room. And I use this, this uh, anal- analogy, thank you, uh, often, but when, when you turn on that light switch, there's objects in that room that cast shadows, darkness. And what, is it, what, what happens in the darkness? It's like a dog returning to vomit or the rats come back to feed on the, on the stuff that's there. And so I be, I'm a firm believer of bringing things to the light. And when you remove those things, the Lord will put what he wants back in that room. Amen? New creations. So we've been given an answer to all of these issues, and I think we all know under this, under this tent right now that Jesus is the answer. Amen? Amen. Ron, could, could you grab my phone there, please? Thank you. I guess this is wireless, so I could walk over here. Look at that. Poor Ron. I love you, Ron. <laughs> Ron has been on some crazy journeys with me. <laughs> so I, I wanted to kind of back up. I don't think my notes are loading correctly on this iPad here. Uh, so we have such an amazing opportunity to help the ones closest to us because of the insight that we have in their lives. Being intentional and how we're ministering to people. Although sometimes it is very challenging. Especially for our family members, right? And I, and I know that, especially when you come to the Lord, one of the first things you want to do is turn back to your family and tell them the good news. And it's so difficult, you're rejected. Just rejection. A lot of times. Matthew 10, 36, Jesus says, And a person's enemies will be those of his own household. So it's expected that they're, gonna, that they're not going to receive from us. What's the answer to that? Sometimes we are pushed away and rejected by pride, maybe looked at like a hypocrite. How could you be this way and, then, and now you're this way? How could you do this? And, and there is some, something there about uh, trying to allow the Lord to come and transform you so you're living a righteous life. Pushed away by fear or by shame. I was molested when I was a child. And I'm, I'm going to tell you right now how much shame there was over me. And I was so afraid to open up and talk about that. I didn't tell anybody until I was 34, about 34 years old. My wife finally kept pressing in. She had a word of knowledge from the Lord. You guys believe in spiritual gifts? Yeah. Amen. She was given a word of knowledge. She was given a prophetic insight into my life. 
and she was intentional and spoke very directly about that incident that happened. And, I, and I, when I'm sitting there, I'm, I'm thinking, man, no one knows about this. How could she possibly know? It really showed me how real God was. And it really showed me how much God cared about me to, to send somebody into my life to bring me out of that. Because as soon as I opened up about that, I was set free, you guys. I had no more shame. I felt the presence of the Lord. I felt his love. I felt how much he cared about me to, to, to deliver me from that bondage. It's, it, it was just unbelievable. I broke into tears, and I, and I finally felt like I could take a fresh breath of air. For the first time in my life, I had somebody that I could be real with. So sometimes we are not let in at all and given a complete facade. Some people are not ready. As much as we want them to be ready, they're not ready. And someone, someone said love is the answer, and it's absolutely right. Love, hope, faith, more love, and patience, and prayer, and more love. <laughs> Amen? Sometimes love is, is difficult. It's, you know, learning how to not enable somebody in, in some of the issues that they're having and standing firm, and that's being more loving not necessarily giving in and giving them everything they want. Romans 5, 3 to 6, And not only this, but with joy, let us exult in our sufferings and rejoice in our hardships, knowing that hardship, distress, pressure, trouble produces patient endurance. And endurance, proven character, spiritual maturity, and proven character, hope, and confident assurance of eternal salvation. Such hope in God's promise, promises, never disappoint us because God's love has been abundantly poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Right there, that is such a powerful passage of hope right there to hold on to. Hold on because it is not going to be easy. Just keep praying and that patience, sometimes not pushing in and trying to force it on somebody but being patient, waiting, and hearing from the, the Holy Spirit for those opportunities that they are asking, and you can give them the answer. Hope. Sadly, we are in a, a time of hopelessness. The answer is not uh, posit positivity alone, not in the power of believing you're uh, going to be successful. I think that's all humanism, and humanism is not the answer. <laughs> the definition of humanism is an outlook or system of thought attaching prime importance to human rather than divine or supernatural matters. Humanist beliefs stress the potential value and goodness of human beings, emphasize common human needs, and seek solely rational ways of solving human problems. Isn't that crazy? How crazy does that sound? I have a friend, I, I, I'm getting certified right now as a scuba diver. And, uh, you know, there's so much more to life, you know, than my past. And, and so I'm getting into this now. And my, my instructor, she's, a, she's like a world-class triathlete. 
unbelievable. She's like 60-something years old, and she competes in triple Ironmans. Like, my problems are like, dude, I'm not telling her anything, any of my problems. Like, my problems are nothing compared to what she goes through. But it was really cool to spend time with her, and she was, you know, throughout the day, we're walking back, we're in Catalina, and she's telling me how she tries to connect with people. And she just had, you know, there's so much good about her. She's such a, such a, uh, she had such a good heart. And she cared about people, but she wasn't a believer. And so in the car ride, I, I, I was talking to her, and I'm trying to find out more about that stuff, you know, in, in her life. And uh, she grew up Catholic, and she was proud that her grandma died atheist because she stood for something and believed it. And she came from a, a background of uh, 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 anorexia and to the point where she was in the hospital, and she almost died. And... Her grandfather came and was like, you don't want to die in this hospital, do you? And she's like, no way. And she just transferred her addiction. And I'm saying that because we do that. We transfer our addictions. And so she's talking about all her friends that, have, are, that are so inspiring because they made it out of that. 1% for anorexia too, apparently. That's what she was saying. So she's so proud of them. And she's like, yeah, you know, I, I just, I put on a smile and I do this and this and this. I'm like, yeah, but deep down inside, I said, that's situational. You can pretend that you put on a smile and you can be, pretend that, these, that, that, you're, that you're good and, and you're happy. And I cut straight through to her heart by saying that because she acknowledged that that was true. Because we were created very intentionally. Every single one of us. How could God do that and create billions of people with such intention? It's amazing. Absolutely amazing. Sometimes we face rejection and being pushed away. And again, sometimes we miss opportunity altogether. Those times where we have been uh, given great insight and miss opportunities to help those whom we see a spirit of depression over. Okay, I already read that. Sorry about that. And yet we miss an opportunity because we're just too busy. Read that. <laughs> See this? This jacked me up right here. Uh, you guys know what codependency is? Oh, yeah, right? <laughs> this side knows what it is? Uh, this is the women, that's why. Uh, Hey, I'm going to tell you right now, if you guys don't think that you guys can be codependent, you guys got a problem. We all have a problem, right? Absolutely. Codependency, excessive emotional or psychological reliance on a partner, typically one who requires support on account of an illness or addiction. That's the definition. But whatever the problem we have been given an answer for all of these issues. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. It is Jesus. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. The cure for anxiety, depression, PTSD does not come in a pill form. No way does it come in a pill form. When people tell me they're taking medication for anxiety or depression, 
right away, I just want to tell them, man, there's such a better answer than that. And that is just a Band-Aid on the wound. That's not dealing with the, the root issue. Not at all. PTSD is a normal reaction to an abnormal situation. Normal reaction to an abnormal situation. So when my friends are struggling with PTSD from the military and they've seen their friends killed right next to them, it's normal for them to go through what they're, they're experiencing. The problem is that they open doors in that process of anger and they let these strongholds, they let a foot, Satan get a foothold in their life and create these strongholds preventing them from allowing the Holy Spirit to minister and show them love. That's what, that's what all, these, all these strongholds do. You guys are in such a blessed place right now being associated with Teen Challenge at all. Amen? It, it, it is such an honor to be a part and, and witness what goes on in Teen Challenge, but just to have the, the headship of Jesus over this ministry and over in the, in the mantle of Ron, Ron Brown, you guys, that mantle will be passed down over you guys. You guys are being discipled by people he is discipling. Amen. I know you guys look up to Ron, and, and, I, and I don't want to put somebody up on a pedestal in, in that way because it is, it is the Holy Spirit that works through Ron. It is, the, it is God that Ron reflects. Amen. So one thing that uh, when I was studying that I that I I just came to and it like the whole chapter which was, was speaking to me was was John 17. When Jesus had spoken these things, he raised his eyes to heaven in prayer and said, "Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, so that your Son may glorify you, just as you have given him power and authority over all mankind. Now glorify him." so that he may be, give eternal life to all whom you have given him to be his permanently and forever. Now this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true, supreme, and sovereign God, and in the same manner know Jesus as the Christ whom you have sent. I have glorified you down here on the earth by completing the work that you gave me to do. Now, Father, glorify me together with yourself, with the glory and majesty that I had with you before the world existed. What does Genesis 1.26 say? It talks about us being created, and it talks, about, uh, the, it talks about the Trinity, about Jesus being with God from the very beginning, before, before we existed. I have glorified you down here on the earth by completing the work you gave me to do. I have manifested your name and revealed your very self, your real self, to the people whom you have given me out of the world. They were yours, and you gave them to me. And they have kept and obeyed your word. Now at last, they know with confident assurance that all you have given me is from you. It is really and truly yours. 
For the words which you gave me, I have given them, and they received and accepted them, and truly understood with confident assurance that I came from you, from your presence, and they believed without any doubt that you sent me. I pray for them. I do not pray for the world, but for those you have given me because they belong to you. And all things that are mine are yours. And all things that are yours are mine. And I am glorified in them. I am no longer in the world, yet they are still in the world. And I am coming to you. Holy Father, keep them in your name, the name which you have given me, so that they may be one just as we are. While I was with them, I was keeping them in your name, which you have given me. And I guarded them and protected them, and not one of them was lost except the son of destruction, so that the scripture would be fulfilled. So that kind of leads us into identity. Why were we created? Jesus said it's to glorify God. Don't let the world tell you who you are or who you should be. Don't let a diagnosis define who you are. Don't let a lying spirit of addiction tell you who you are. Amen. I don't believe AA, once you're an addict, you're always an addict, or alcoholic, always an alcoholic. Absolutely false. It's a fallacy. The Bible says nothing about that. I'll tell you what you are. Well, I should ask this question. Who are you? (laughs) Amen? Who are you? Every single person here under this tent has been uniquely created with outstanding attributes and personalities with gifts of the Holy Spirit. It, It breaks my heart. I had a, a brother pass away from Oxycontin and heroin and um, among that, many other things. And it was the first person that I lost in my life that was really close to me. This was after the life that I lived. I was on cocaine and, and sleeping around, and I just, I, it was a horrible lifestyle that I, that I thought was going to fulfill me. And not only that, when my brother died, I felt so guilty for being my brother's keeper and leading him down that same path. And so after that, I had a, another brother spiral out of control on heroin and meth, living in dumpsters. And he's under this tent today. <laughs> Amen. I just thank God for for being faithful to me, to to all of us. Amen? Amen. I thank God for the faithfulness of of the staff of Teen Challenge pouring in and being there to to teach and instruct people coming through Teen Challenge. Such a blessing. Personalities with gifts of the Holy Spirit, gifts of compassion, gifts of, of wisdom, Gifts of discernment, 
gifts of tongues. By the way, if you speak multiple languages, I'd, I'd consider that a gift of tongues in a way. Because you know what? You're able to connect with people. You're connect- what was that? <laughs> Amen. Gifts of faith, teachers, and this one's funny because I can't tell you how many times I've heard this. A lot of you have been given a pastoral gift as well and may not even know it yet. <laughs> I'm going to, over and over, I'll never be a pastor. Of course, that, it's, it's, it's so cliche, but it happened to me too. But there's one thing for, for certain that I know is that after I was being transformed by the Lord, after uh, knowing what, you know, the power of the Holy Spirit in me that could touch somebody else by me telling them about, about Jesus, about God, about the Holy Spirit, I, couldn't, I can't contain that. I can't not say something about being set free from being molested. I can't not say something about being set free from alcoholism or drugs or lust. Lust is a huge problem. You are a son of the most high God. Amen? Amen? You are a daughter of the most high God. Amen? You have been given access to his Holy Spirit because of that. We have authority. We have sonship, daughtership. To give life, to give hope, to give love. Just like that lampstand, we're not going to cover it with a basket. We're going to put it up high so it shines everywhere. Amen? So the thing is, if, if that's not happening, I'm not going to tell you oh, you're doing something wrong, but you, you might be. You, you might be. But we all do it, and it happens. It creeps in, and pretty soon we've got a basket over that. We can't be prideful. We, gotta, we have to remain in a place of humility that we're willing to learn from anybody. It doesn't matter who it is. God will use non-believers to teach us a lesson. Amen? Amen. It says, Matthew 5.13, you're the salt of the earth, but if the salt has lost its taste, I already read that. It is a good, very good verse. Amen. John 17.13 to 21, we'll continue in there then. The disciples in the world, but now I'm coming to you and I say these things. While I am still in the world, so that they may experience my joy made full and complete and perfect within them, filling their hearts with my delight. I have given to them your word, the message you gave me, and the world, the world has hated them because they are not of the world and do not belong in the, to the world, just as I am not of the world and do not belong to it. I do not ask you to take them out of the world, but that you keep them and protect them from the evil one. 
They're not of the world, just as, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Set them apart for your purposes and make them holy. Your word is truth. Just as you commissioned and sent me into the world, I have also commissioned and sent them, believers, into the world. For their sake, sanctify myself to do your will so that they may also be sanctified, set apart, dedicated, made holy in your truth. I do not pray for these alone. It is not for their sake only that I make this request, but also for all those who will ever believe and trust in me through their message. That they all may be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you that they also may be one in us so that the world may believe without any doubt that you sent me. We're representing the Lord, you guys. Amen. God is going to use us to bring hope to people. Hope, that's like our mission right now is to bring hope to a hopeless society. There is so much hope needed when we have pastors that are committing suicide, because you guys are a member of the body of Christ now. And so let's look inside for a moment. We have members in the church that are suffering as well, not just people on the streets. There's a bunch of people we need to help. Amen? But there's people in the church that are suffering, and it's because of pride. There's so many other things blocking us from from coming in. Uh, People have shame, just as I did. They didn't want to open up about stuff, but I want to encourage you guys right now that if you have the opportunity to do that, I'm telling you right now while you're in this safe place, maybe you think you're going to ride through Teen Challenge and you're going to get out and and you made it through. Now you're not going to go to jail or whatever it is. I'm going to tell you right now, you have an opportunity to let something out deep down inside of your heart. Search it right now. And I pray for you guys that you guys have the courage to do that, to seek that out. Pray that the Holy Spirit reveals things to you so that you know what you need to let out. It's okay. It's okay. Luke 4.18, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind to set at liberty those who are oppressed. Amen. Deutimus power, you guys. I'm t- supernatural power. We have the ability to lay hands on people and pray for them, and we should expect miracles. How much does, does Jesus talk about faith? It's like th- it's mentioned 303 times in the New Testament. 303. He talks about faith so often as to the reason why things aren't getting done. People's lack of faith. How do we build faith? The beginning of faith is hope. Amen? So when I'm telling you guys you have a mission to go deliver hope to people, it's, that's what's going to start some faith in some people's lives. We've been given a measure of faith, and it's on us to strengthen that measure. And I'll tell you right now, where we get hope is from the word of God and from power of, of Uh, just being in prayer in communion with the Lord and the relationship of the Lord that is going to give us hope. If you're struggling, there's people with a gift of faith. You could, you can't tell them God can't do something. 
Amen? Not everybody has that. And so I'm telling you right now, if you have the gift of faith, you're an encourager. Because not everyone has the same faith as you. So keep encouraging people if you have that gift. John 17, 22 to 26, their future glory. I have given to them the glory and honor which you have given me, that they may be one just as we are one. I and them and you and me, and they may be perfected and completed into one so that the world may know without any doubt that you sent me, that you have loved them just as you have loved me. Father, I desire that they also whom you have given to me may be with me where I am so that they may see my glory which you have given me because you loved me before the foundation of the world. O just and righteous Father, although the world has not known you and has never acknowledged you and the revelation of your mercy, yet I have always known you and these believers know without any doubt that you sent me. And I have made them made your name known to them and will continue to make it known so that the love with which you have loved me may be in them, overwhelming their heart, and I may be in them. It was a, it, you know, I, I'm going to be real. It's, I, I don't always want to reach out to somebody and talk about uh, the Lord. Sometimes I have no problem doing it, but then there's some times where I kind of feel hesitant. And it's attack. That's a lie. It's something that's trying to prevent me from doing something because there's probably something there. And so uh, even talking with my, my scuba instructor, you know, I'm, I'm talking to her, and, and I took a chance. And at the end of the day, I'm with her and her husband, and we're talking about stuff, and she, she's excited. She's just like, yeah, he gave me some really good things to, talk, uh, to, to think about. And I was like, wow, it made an impact in her. Amen. I was so thankful. I was like, man, it was so worth it. But I almost didn't take that opportunity. Satan wants to destroy our identities and cause confusion and chaos. Mentally, physically, internally, externally, around us, our families, our friends, everything around us. You see so much going on in the world. He wants to... Uh, he wants us to be fixated on our circumstances to the point of rendering us useless. Whether that is from a lack of self-control, bad habits, maybe habits influenced by our family, or embracing the pride of our cultures and heritage, those things don't define who we were created to be. It's not the color of our skin. It's not what, what country our forefathers are from. That stuff might be interesting sometimes, but it does not define who we are. Amen? That stuff is, is a problem, man. I'm, my dad is just so fixated on, on heritage, and it's like, man, there's so much more to that, more to life than that. I don't mean to throw him under the bus. I love him. Love him to death. <laughs> so those are defined and not limited to what I call strongholds, those things. Again, you guys are in a good place to let, let these guys in. 
these men and women into your lives and share with them. Only God, ha- only God and his word can define who we were intended to be, and he, he does use his people to de- deliver and confirm these things. So don't think that, oh, I don't need to tell someone. I'm not going to listen to them. We have to lean not on our own understanding, right? Amen. That's such a prideful thing that we, we want to do. Oh, I have this figured out. Oh, that's, that's nice, but I think I, I'm going to do my way. I have it figured out. So one thing I want to ask you guys again, another thing, I guess, that was the second question I have, but what does your me time look like? Very small. How about when you're all done for the day with, you know, with everything in the day and you lay down and you watch Netflix? Did I touch on something there? What's that? Pure flicks? Pure flicks. And I'm not going to say that that's, that is all bad, you guys, because there's a season for everything. And I'm telling you, you need to relax, too. I have a friend that does ministry full time. And when he tells me he's taking a day off to do this, I'm like, that's good for him because he needs to do it. But sometimes... That me time is very corruptive. We watch things we shouldn't watch. We entertain things we shouldn't entertain. We have, you know, again, we may transfer our addictions to those things. We can't wait to get done with the day to do that. Maybe we want to go online and we want to shop or whatever it is. The distractions of the world, you guys, they're going to come at us all day long. Endless. It's endless. And it's so sad when we miss those opportunities to help somebody because we were so distracted or, or, or consumed by our strongholds or even the brokenness in our hearts. The brokenness, especially for men, we have brokenness too, you guys. Amen. People hurt our feelings too. <laughs> so I love you guys. I don't know all of you personally. Thank you. <laughs> Love you guys. Thank you. I just want to give you guys. Thank you guys. If I could leave here today and inspire you guys to want to look at your lives a little bit differently in a way that you could maybe give more hope to people, then, you know, that's, that's my heart right there. I want to see people set free. 
One of the foundational verses of Army of Love is Isaiah 61. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed and commissioned me to bring good news to the humble and afflicted. He has sent me to bind up the wounds of the brokenhearted, to proclaim release from the confinement and condemnation to the physical and spiritual captives and freedom to prisoners, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance and retribution of our God to comfort all who mourn, to grant to those who mourn in Zion the following, to give them a turban instead of dust on their heads, a sign of mourning, the oil of joy instead of mourning, the garment expressive of praise instead of a disheartened spirit. So they will be called the trees of righteousness, strong and magnificent, distinguished for integrity, justice, and right standing with God, the planting of the Lord that he may be glorified. Then they will rebuild the ancient ruins. They will raise up and restore the former desolations, and they will renew the ruined cities. The desolations, deserted settlements of many generations, strangers will stand and feed your flocks, and foreigners will be your farmers and your vine dressers. But you shall be called the priests of the Lord. People will speak of you as the ministers of our God. You will eat the wealth of nations, and you will boast of their riches. Instead of your former shame, you will have a double portion. And instead of humiliation, your people will shout for joy over their portion. Therefore, in their land, they will possess double what they had forfeited. Everlasting joy will be theirs. For I am the Lord, I am the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery with a burnt offering, and I will faithfully reward them and make an everlasting covenant with them. Then their offspring will be known among the nations and their descendants among the peoples. All who see them in their prosperity will recognize and acknowledge them that they are people whom the Lord has blessed. I will rejoice greatly in the Lord. My soul will exult in my God, for he has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with a robe of righteousness as a bridegroom puts on a turban and as a bride adorns herself with jewels. For as the earth brings forth its sprouts and as a garden causes what is shown in it to spring up, so the Lord God will most certainly cause righteousness and justice and praise to spring up before all the nations through the power of his word. Amen. I hope that you guys, uh, you know, continue on and, and don't just see this as a way out. Deep down inside you guys, I pray that you, that you search those things out. If something is sitting on your heart, I want to ask you guys to come up and pray with me.